idea what I'm going to say. You're going the wrong way to just FYI. It's three, two, one, and then you start, you don't count one, two, three. You know, that's a good point. And <laughs> I think that'll be the beginning, guys. If you missed it, <laughs> I was counting. I went one, two, three instead of three, two, one. And that's how we're going to start the show uh, with a little background scene um, on how we don't have everything put together. We, we're imperfect. We come on here to discuss things and we are super excited to come here and to talk about things with you today. And if you're watching this, bless you. Uh, I hope you're having a great day or have had a great day. Um, and if not, that's okay too. Uh, not all days are going to be great. And I hope things look out for you in the future. I don't know where this is going. I don't know what, what I'm doing right now. I'm just talking. Welcome to Calling from the Wilderness. <laughs> we are... On. <laughs> this is... Yeah, for, for some background, we're going to introduce our guest here in a second, but he was, our guest, Kyle, was recently camping on the edge of a cliff, and I feel like we've just together gone over that cliff with Derek, so uh, welcome to the show. A beautiful thing. Yeah, that movie Hot Rod, where he like does that dancing on the hill, and then he falls down the cliff, and it goes for like six minutes straight, he's just him falling down the cliff. That's us this morning, and... Um, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, anyway, so we're doing Calling from the Wilderness. We have a special guest, but before we get to him, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Tim Miller, for those that don't know. He is in London, England. He is an Anglican priest, and he is has a giant lip ring and some tattoos, which I absolutely love. Tim, the amount of times I've shown people pictures of you with like your tattoos and your lip ring and like all dressed up um i don't know yeah. like in the road and, and i'm like this is my friend look how cool my friend is that he's in the anglican high church and he's got all this stuff on i know him um it's just been amazing um i wish i could be that cool in my own presence um, yeah. uh, <laughs> as long as somebody in the world loves me that's that's all that matters my my coolness has gone up in people's eyes because of your coolness and my relation there. And as a special guest, we have the lovely Kyle Amanda, who is in Strathmore, Alberta. Uh, Kyle was also in Bible school with us at Full Gospel Bible Institute and then Full Gospel Bible College and then Eston College. I think all while we were there. Uh, changed the, the names and we are just excited to have him Kyle tell us a little about yourself well I'm 35 years old recently single uh, as Tim said I just uh, got back from camping and uh, I like the outdoors but I like sleeping indoors so um, I've been the youth and worship pastor at Strathmore Full Gospel here in Alberta for the last 11 and a bit years and uh, yeah, it's been a journey, but uh, it really has been a blessing. And I mean, when we were in Bible school, I never, ever would have thought that 15 years later, I'd be sitting here with the two of you and all three of us would have been in ministry for 
X amount of years, especially myself. But uh, yeah, well, it, like I mean, it's actually uh, Derek and I would have understood. Yeah, well, maybe it was applicable to all of us, but no, especially myself. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm just excited to be here to reconnect with you guys. And uh, yeah, it's too long between visits and talks, as always. But, yeah, yeah, none of us got into cult, eh? Like none of us. Well, know, ended up in a cult, so that's pretty cool. That I didn't think that was going to happen. Exciting. I think the problem is that none of us were successful in leading a cult, um, so we had to go and follow somebody else, right? That's our that's our make it rich plan: is to go to into prosperity gospel or cultism. I was just about to start, and then COVID hit, and it just you know it's all dried up, right? It's all dried up. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Kyle, one of the questions we like to ask our guests is if you have, do you have any piece of advice that you have found helpful in your life and journey that you would like to pass on or has no one ever given you any advice and you just fly by the seat of your pants? Well, I've gotten lots of advice and I mean, the Lord knows I need it, but I think one of the things that stuck out to me the most was actually not a piece of advice in itself. Um, it was actually somebody holding me accountable. And out of that, I learned something. I remember in my second year of school, you guys were both there in Eston. In my second year, I decided that I liked the social aspect of um, Bible college better than the academic aspect. And so I was sleeping through a lot of classes and failing all those classes. And uh, one morning after I had continued my sleep rather than gone to class, um, one of our professors, Brian Tisdale, came into my room, knocked on my door. He came in and uh, just kind of asked me what I was doing. And uh, he looked at me, and this is going to sound way harsher than it was, but he looked at me and uh, he said, my brother, you are dropping the ball. And something about that really sunk in. And uh, so even though it wasn't a piece of advice, um, that's something that 15 years later has stuck with me to the point that I still have to realize that sometimes we need to self-assess the situation we're in, why we're doing what we're doing, things like that. And there's going to be times that you really are dropping the ball, but you're going to be able to move through and pass those things. And I mean, honestly, I I do wonder if, if he hadn't come and it was so funny because I was in my PJs and he was in a full suit tie and everything for some reason. He never taught like that. Um, but that morning he was, and he came into my office and I sat there with my eyes half open and my hair all over the place. And, uh, yeah, he just, he, he called me out on my lazy lackluster lifestyle and, uh, and it stuck with me and it's been a little bit of motivation, but, um, so it, it wasn't advice that he gave, but the advice that I took from that was that, um, no matter what state you're in at a current time or place, um, there's always a possibility of coming out the other side. And, uh, I mean, look where we are today. We're all at the peaks of our ministry and whew, no cults, like Derek said. So, I mean, we're killing it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've, well, I did, I used to get those Peter Popoff, like, you know, those little (laughs) prayer cards, remember that in Bible school? People, I used to 
you had the felt hands that you put in between your hand and then you stuck it in your wallet and money was supposed to come i remember you got miracle water shipped to you once oh yeah and a meteorite and stuff i used to um write to or get those prosperity gospel guys to send me their little newsletters every month that had like a special little prayer thing in it to make me rich as long as i sent them money first um not that i believed in that stuff it was just really funny to see all the creative things that they would come up with and so i think that's probably the closest i've been to a cult but that's going to go down a road that we probably shouldn't go down um speaking of cults no, I, was, I was gonna go into that there was meaning to say here's, here's our, samson yeah yeah here's, here's the philistines um i guess it's not called it's religion but anyway uh let's get into it so if you guys are joining us for the first time because kyle is here and you wanted to see his beautiful face and get to see him then let me walk through what we do we have a passage that we like to look at um it's usually not a super popular passage we like uh maybe the more obscure ones that aren't really um you know read a lot or preached on a lot and we just talk about it and we believe that in this discussion this taking time to look at the small things um we can learn um we can grow and we can work together journey together in in our faith and as we share opinions and what the lord has been putting on our hand on our hands in our heads um we can grow so let's get into this uh today we're reading judges 13 uh parts of it because it's a long chapter about the birth of samson tim do you want to start us off I'm happy to, very happy to. So Judges 13, uh, verses 2 to 5 and 19 to 25. There was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and you have not borne children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore be careful, and drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean, for behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering, and offered it on a rock to the Lord, to the one who works wonders. And Manoah and his wife were watching. And when the flame went up towards heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord went up in the flame of the altar. Now Manoah and his wife were watching, and they fell on their faces to the ground. The angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, for we have seen God. But his wife said to him, If the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering at our hands, or shown us all these things, or now announced to us such things as these. And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. 
And the young man grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him in Mahanaidan between Zorah and Eshtael. There was a certain man of Zorah, of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not borne children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, be careful and drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the land of the earth from the hand of the Philistines. Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it on the rock to the Lord, to the one who works wonders. And Manoah and his wife were watching. And when the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord went up in the flame of the altar. Now Manoah and his wife were watching, and they fell on their faces to the ground. The angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, we shall surely die, for we have seen God. But his wife said to him, if the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering at our hands or shown us all of these things, or now announced to us such things as these. And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the young man grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir him in Manahadan between Zorah and Eshtael. All right, Tim, um, any word or phrase that jumped out to you? Um, so the first, the, there's kind of, there's two, the, the one phrase that jumped out to me, which I love is uh, they made the offering and offered it on the rock to the Lord, the one who works wonders. Uh, that was a fantastic description. Um, and the other thing um, which I was just struck with as we were reading is that uh, Manoah's wife is never named. Uh, always referred to you as, as woman or wife. Um, I, I just I find that so fascinating. Um, so th those are the couple of things that jumped out at me. And I I read the chapter uh, last night, and in the whole chapter, she's never mentioned by name. It's always mm. the wife or woman. It's, mm. That jumped out to me too. Anyway, Kyle, how about you? Anything? Yeah, I like out? this. I like this um, kind of portrayal almost of like, it's almost like a sitcom family system. Like the angel appears to the woman first and uh, then appears to Manoah and his wife. 
and uh, then disappears. And Manoah, the husband, is like, we're going to die because we've seen God. And the woman's kind of like this, this calming sense of stability. And she's like, if we were going to die, why would he have told us all this stuff? Why would he have accepted this offering? And it's funny that she remains unnamed, but she is almost the most steadfast of characters in this chapter, kind of bringing that rationale and reasoning to, I mean, it's a pretty chaotic situation. This is not something that happens to me on a daily basis by any means, but. Um, every second week, every second week. Typically, yeah, yeah give or take. <laughs> I, uh, I like the, what struck out to me was that she's never named. And I just thought of maybe a reason why, but we'll talk about that later. And then. Also, the and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Like just the begin, he's not going to do it completely. So it's almost foreshadowing, um, you know, his messing up at the end of his life there. So, okay. Uh, so, questions, uh, Tim? Do you have any questions that pop up out of this passage? Um. Yeah, I, th- I think like going off of what you you've just said, that kind of question, um, w- which is like, you know, the is this is this like a looking back and describing the situation after Samson has lived his life, or is this like a prophetic voice that ends up being the shape of his life to come? Um, and you know, that kind of question about kind of what goes on in the midst of that, um, and then to like. You know, yeah, this whole thing about the unnamed woman and the stupidity of Manoah, uh, I think it's just a fantastic place to sit in for a while. So those would be the couple of things I'd, I'd go into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, any questions or things that jump out? I always, I've always been interested by the story of Samson because, I mean, his story is three or four chapters here in Judges, like his entire life cycle. And if you continue reading in through those, um, you see really that like he was born specifically for the fact that God wanted to enact justice on the Philistines, right? And so seeing this kind of story unfold about how his uh, his birth was foretold. I mean, he was born of a, a barren woman and uh, the angel of the Lord appeared. I mean, it's such a it's such a weird circumstance and not every baby that's born comes out of a situation like this, but um, I always found it interesting. And uh, I wonder why specifically um, the Nazarite kind of um, the the way that he falls is kind of Nazarite creed, no razor shall come upon his head. Like I kind of understand the no drinking of strong drink or eating clean, you know, kind of preparing yourself in, in that way. But I always thought the not cutting of hair at all. Um, I don't know if that was just foreshadowing for later with Delilah and, and having his hair cut in that way, or if there was something more specific to it, but yeah, I've always wondered about that. I found that very interesting. I, the question that comes out to me is, Lately, uh, I've been trying to see God at work in places that I don't normally would look to see God working. And there's been lots of times where I look back on an experience or 
someone has changed her life or repentance or restoration or something. And then I look back and I see God's hand at work. And I'm trying now to see it before that big moment. Like what's God doing even before that giant moment. And so this story kind of reminds me of that because like the angel comes to them, says this is going to happen and they kind of don't believe it. And so they get the angel to come back and he says it and the angels in their midst, but it wasn't until he took off that's like, Oh, that's God. And they <laughs> bowed and they're like, we're going to die. Like they're this guy's um, who they don't know comes and tells them they're going to be with child. Um, so obviously they hold him in some kind of high regard to believe him. And so there's that, but then it's not until he goes up in the, the, the smoke that's like, ah, that was God. And so I can see myself in this where I'm looking, I'm like, oh, there's something going on here, but it's not until the big moment happens that I go, oh, that was God. That was a holy moment. That was a special time. So that's kind of the question. It's not really a question. It's more of a start the timer. <laughs> so get going, kind of Got it. Got it. Got it. So that's, yeah. So that's kind of, um, yeah, what jumped out to me in this story. Um, I wonder, okay. All right. So my, my idea on why the woman isn't named is, mm. I wonder, like, I heard somewhere that in stories, if they don't put names on characters, um, or they're uh, specifically vague about a character, you are supposed to imagine that character as yourself. Like, it's a lot easier to see yourself as that person. So I wonder if the author is intentionally doing something like that so that we would see ourselves as Manoa's wife, that we have been barren in, in some uh way and god has promised something to us and spoken to us and we're still waiting and hmm. and then even and god's talking to us and maybe other people don't see it or understand it so they're trying to figure it out and you're the ones that need to hold steadfast and then maybe something doesn't happen and everyone's like oh we totally did something wrong and god's against us now you go hold on like if he was against us, none of this would have happened. Like this is, God is on our side. Maybe I, I don't know. Uh, certain, certainly, is like a, a legitimate, as you say, like a, a legitimate um, kind of tool in in both kind of writing and interpretation. That that invitation, that kind of, as you say, when the description or the, or the personification of, of is is more vague. You know, it's that invitation because obviously a story that that mimics this one or or mirrors this one would be you know Zechariah, Elizabeth, and, and John, um, and but all the characters are named. Zechariah is somebody who has position in the community. Um, you know, you got the and an elderly wife, not just a barren wife, but the elderly wife of Elizabeth. And there's kind of much more specifics. Whereas this one, we've got, you know, Manoah, aside from his name and his inability to believe anything that comes out from anybody else's mouth but his own, um, is just, you know, aside from that, we don't know anything about him. Um, you've got this wife who may be young, may be old. We just know that she's barren. Um, and where, as you say, where, where do you find yourself? And, and where do we kind of hear 
resonances of our own kind of lives and stories. And I, I do think, as you were talking, Derek, I think that's one of the things we probably don't spend enough time in in within kind of Christian discipleship um, is that sense of like, you know, as people who are meant to be living new resurrected life, you know, how many places and where and how often are we feeling more barren than born? Um, and, and, and are we asking, are we, are we so focused on trying to be the kind of the resurrection story or the good news that we don't allow ourselves to recognize that sometimes we feel like an empty womb or instead of the empty tomb kind of thing, like, you know, and, and is that, that is that part of the story, that invitation to say, you know, it's okay when you find yourself in this place because God is still faithful. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to kind of take into context. I mean, you think about Samson and the, the first thing that pops into your mind isn't the, the happenings and the situations leading up to his birth. Like I think of the, the jawbone of the donkey or the lighting of the, the fox's tails or the bringing down of the temple. Like you think of all these great feats of strength that Samson did, but there was, there was some specific stones that were put down in place leading up to those things. And, and uh, I mean, even the angel came and, and gave instruction and, and it was up to this unnamed woman and Manoah to follow that instruction and, and be obedient in that. And, uh, you know, if they hadn't, would Samson's situation have been different? But, yeah, to, to have the angel of the Lord appear. And anytime I think in scripture that the angel of the Lord appears, I'm intrigued because it's always uh, a very unique interaction. And, um, yeah, like I said before, I love that Manoah kind of freaks out and he's like, okay, we're going to die. Like, this guy's gone now. We've seen the Lord. We're dead. No one can look upon him. And his wife's just kind of like, come on, man. Yeah, he wouldn't have done all these other things if he was just going to kill us. <laughs> and it, interesting, which we haven't, which we haven't caught, but I encourage people just to read the whole of chapter thirteen of, of Judges when you get a chance. Um, but it, it's not, it's not the wife who, who, it, who's like, who needs the angel to come back. She has the interaction with the angel, hears the promises, and that's her life's orientation now towards this unborn child. And, and Manoah is the one who's like, no, you know, I, I, I need to hear this for myself. You, you probably got it wrong. They can't be right. And all the way along the way, she's just like, no, angel, angel of the Lord, messenger of the Lord. And, you know, we've just got to kind of walk that. And, and it actually almost is a strange kind of foreshadowing where maybe, maybe foreshadowing is not right, but, you know, we've got, we've got, you know, Samson's dad who never listens to a woman um, and and has, literally is, is kind of mansplaining the whole experience to her. Um, and then you've got on the other side, you've got kind of Samson who, who kind of has always got an inflated, inflated sense of his of his own masculinity and strength and never actually pays attention to kind of his vulnerability to, to women, as it were. Um, and there's kind of a key, interesting, like, I think just kind of the plays between kind of the, the masculine and feminine or male and female um, that the, this passage brings up, so. Yeah, I never even thought about that. But to, like, to be fair to Manoah, if I'm not married, but if my wife came to me and said, hey, an angel came to me and said, this is going to happen. I, 
I would probably want to hear it for myself just to <laughs> just to, <laughs> to make sure. Like like now nowadays, I'd be like, uh, is there is there a way that I can hear this just so we're on the same page? And I don't know, maybe maybe that's why I'm not married. I'm not. I have to hear things for myself. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. You haven't you haven't heard God tell you who to marry yet, Derek? You no, just no, no. But yeah, I but did like, it when I was like twelve. He's been telling now, her, so. but she hasn't told you yet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think, exactly. I, but I think what, what's interesting about that though too is, and we get this a lot in the New Testament as well, mm-hmm. and, it, and it almost it doesn't always, but re, you know it almost always happens when it's a woman's testimony. Like you know, men just fail to believe the testimony of women, um, yeah. which is its own kind of issue in in masculine recorded and written scriptures. But but there's also but there's this thing about like you know, we get so focused on the message, right? Like. You know, we, we ask people, you know, we, we question when somebody's like testimony is about what God has said. Um, and we, we question the message and want to hear and engage with the messenger instead of being like, so what, you know, that question you were asking at the beginning, Derek, which is like, you know, what is it about and, and where is God in this, right? Like, so it's like, yeah, it's okay. The, the angel came. Is this true? Is this not? I'm not sure. But what is God doing in the midst of this is what I actually want to know, which isn't just the message. It isn't the messenger. It's it's the presence. It's the person. It's the relationship. Um, yeah. It was really, yeah, kind of challenging me to think about that a bit. So. Yeah. And uh, I think, Kyle, when you're talking about the long hair, I've always thought about it as a visual representation of being set apart as, as a Nazarite, like with the uncut hair, because everything else is is uh kind of maybe not as public like you just don't drink wine maybe people think that's weird or you know um not touching dead things but i think the long not cutting your hair would be a more people would be like oh what's going on there oh that's just a nazarite or you know something kind of to set them apart visually maybe i don't know yeah that would make sense I just wonder if there's more to it than that, you know. Well, probably. It's, just, it's always been a, a, a sense of interest to me. Yeah. So. Well, I never think things through completely, so there's definitely more to that than my little set-apart visually thing. You're such a Manoa. You're such a Manoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new word. Eh? Stop being a Manoa. Just believe me. Um, yeah, okay. I... But it's interesting though too is I was thinking about that is like that's the only um, kind of um, that, that's the only kind of physical description in the sense where we're kind of given about Samson like we we build in this like you know super um, macho you know like r- world wrestling federation size a man with this enormous hair um, and. And, but actually all we have, he could have been like, you know, scrawny as all could be and just had a really big set of hair, right? Like it's, but as you say, that kind of that sense of, of actually what we're given and then what we read into it, um, I I think is really, really interesting too. Does it not say later on that he had big muscles or is that just something I've grown up with my whole life? I think it's implied. I don't know that it is ever actually mentioned, but it's hard to imagine this guy like doing all the things that he did without just being like an absolute beefcake of a man. But then that would be that the Lord's working through him more. If he's just the scrawniest guy and he's able to rip gates off and stuff, then you'd be yeah. like, oh, there's something going on here. 
that's the mom lifting a car off a baby kind of strength uh, but he's got it all the time yeah. but, but I think that's the interesting thing too about you know at least as you're saying Kyle like we really have kind of I think it's the four chapters of the whole book you know which which in a sense you know we got, we got his birth and then we kind of got you know a few years of his adult life or um and the question is, you know, the same way we ask often about, like, what was Jesus doing in those, you know, 30 years before kind of public ministry? Um, and I, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? <clears throat> is like there, there's there's this implication with Samson that it's it's the spirit at work in Samson that gives Samson his strength um, as compared to, you know, he was just a, a man who walked with with an absolute air of, of, of strength and strength. Uh, and power, I guess. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking right now, like the story of Samson, he was told, the angel told his mom this and, and his dad. So I assume he grew up believing this, like, why can't I have wine? Why can't I touch dead things or whatever? Why can't I cut my hair? Oh, it's because we set apart. Set mm -hmm. apart. And so that, in, in his upraising, uprising he's always believed he's been set apart or called to a special purpose and although it may have made him cocky and arrogant in some ways he definitely believed that he was set apart or something like that so we do we not feel that we are set apart or or called to a higher purpose and do we live that way that we go into situations going okay, if God is in me, how can God affect this situation through me? How can I speak life or, or um, bring peace or whatever to this situation? Like, do we just go in like, like we're normal? Like we're not, we're not um, having the spirit of God in us? I, I wonder how our lives would change if we, if we had the the kind of purpose, more mindset that Samson had growing up. Not, not to sound like we're arrogant, like, oh, we've got God in us, so we are the ones that are going to change, like God's working in all things. But it's that, you know, certainty or, or faith or whatever you want to call it in these situations that, that we can bring about God's kingdom in I think you're right. I mean, it, it is easy to forget that we are, as Christians, called to be set apart and and act upon, you know, in a way that it, it is holy. And, and maybe it's just because we don't have this kind of superhuman strength. Our giftings and callings are in, in different areas and, and ways. And sometimes we may not even know we're acting in them until we're in the midst of them. Um, you know, our, our abilities don't necessarily stick out the same way that Samson's does. I've never carried a city gate up the hill and just planted it there for no reason. I mean, you are an absolute beefcake. Don't get me wrong, Derek. But, yeah. but uh, I mean, you're known for so much more than that, right? So, I think the, the only thing I successfully um, destroyed in our college days of, in the basement gym of the dorm was my jeans that I tore basically in two after watching on back and thinking I was going to be able to, to kick that, uh, that punching bag off the chain, you know, 
having never done it before, I was convinced yeah. it was going to happen. And I just lost my favorite jeans that night. That was the, yeah. it. It, it happens. But I want to sure. be clear when I'm talking about set apart, like I think we can take that to an unhealthy extreme where we exclude ourselves from certain activities or um, people, groups, or um, whatever it may be, because we're like, oh, we're set apart, we're holy, we're we're better than that. That's that's not what I mean. It's the going in and like like with your neighbor, like if they're having an issue, do I just go in and say hi? And maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. But do I also go in and be like, okay, what is God wanting to speak to this person, or how can I as a spirit-filled Christian bring God's spirit of love, joy, peace into this situation. Um, it's just a different mindset. But yeah, that all back movie was unreal. It was. Yeah. <laughs> but what we do, we have this, you know, we have this very unhealthy obsession um, with something we were talking about before the recording, which is a sense of, you know, there's there's like this extreme sense of delayed gratification for for Christian living, which is all about what you're building up in some eternal place. Uh, that when you get there, you hope your life's been good enough that you get the, you know the crowns, the mansion, you know, get to walk those streets of gold, whatever it might be. And there's that kind of that sense of you know, especially especially if you're feeling kind of like belittled or mocked. It's just like, yeah, but I'm set apart. You know, like this is like you wish you could be as special and holy as me. And as you say, there's like that really unhealthy sense of it. I, I guess that's the, you know, I one of the things I, I wonder is like, had Manoah never kind of heard the message here, how differently, you know, how differently might Samson have been raised if it was just his mom who believed that, you know, she was investing in in him as somebody who God loved and God and God was wanting to work through in a way, you know, in a way that his vocation was different than the other Israelites at that time. Um, and as you said, Derek, there's that interesting thing that, that he's not told that he's going to be someone who will save Israel. He's someone who shall begin to save Israel. And there, so there's almost like the sense of you know, where it's not the complete picture, it's not the complete story, but he has a part to play. And and even his part in the four chapters is so much more narrow than a lot of the other judges who have like massive scope, you know, over the whole Israelite army against the, the world kind of thing. Um, and there, and there's, this, there's that question, I think, you know, about how do we, you know, how do we see and, and answer that unique vocational call in ourselves or see that in other people and, and encourage and nurture that in a way that, that again, draws them, as you say, into that place of, 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 of um, seeing every moment kind of just infused with the work of the spirit um, and, and those opportunities to, to be a part of, you know, love, joy, peace, and patience and all that, you know, good stuff. And, and, and do we, you know, I guess that's the question is like, you know, have, have we been so influenced by culture that we think set apart needs to be something of stature as compared to set apart to do something that somebody else can't do, whether anybody ever sees it or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been um, coming to the realization, I think, especially during uh, COVID, that the the set apart is more about in dark 
places or negative or depressive places bring in hope and joy and peace where everyone's super down or negative to bring some positivity to you know if everyone's fearful to bring some hope um that that set apart is more along those lines than hey i'm gonna go to heaven and get crowns there come with me and i'll show you i'll give you some kind of thing and I think set apart speaks also to how precious and valuable something is like it, it, not everything that's set apart is the best and the shiniest of something. Um, but, you know, we can hold things that are precious to us that would have no real significance to somebody else, but we would take that thing and, and set it apart. And so even if we're not this Samson like character, um, in our everyday lives, the things that we're going through, there is still this element of um, in having being set apart, we're reminded of how precious we are and, uh, and, and how that plays into that. But yeah. I think that that's for, for me, one of the kind of sad things of, of Samson's story is, is e- even the, you know, the characters of his parents are, are you know, are fairly ancillary and he does so much by himself. And, and there's this kind of this sadness, I think, actually, you know, I, I used to aspire to such greatness to, you know, to be the one person who could stand up against, you know, a whole other people and see God's people set free. But actually, the, the, for me, there's that real sadness. And actually, it goes back to, you know, what you were showing at the beginning, Kyle, which is that, you know, the richness of of the church and the richness of, of, of being a part of the body is that is that we do it together. And those places where we find ourselves alone or let ourselves believe that we we are alone or can do it alone are, are the exact places where God has not called us to be. And, you know, and you just think and feel for Samson some of these times. It's like, you know, he, he's later on in his life, he spends so much time just like aspiring to be recognized whether it's you know by women or other people in the community and there's never it doesn't you never get a sense like there's anybody around him and whether that was his parents who were like no you're special and and or 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 it was like his own kind of sense of arrogance or you know or or just you know could just be life right like you know sometimes you find yourself alone not because of any choices you've made but because of things that have happened and chosen around you but that kind of you know that sense of like what you know how do we yeah, how, how do we kind of push back to say, you know, we're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to take this journey by ourselves and we're not meant to feel like it's got to be our strength that can pull down the city gates when actually we could maybe pull down the, you know, those, those gates of darkness with other, with other people. Hmm. Well, and he had I some think, lady well, problems too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like his first wife betrayed him and then was given away and then the the woman in the city and then delilah who he fell in love with stabbed him in the back too like and his mom been pumping him up unrealistic yeah. expectations <laughs> that woman the that wife woman. <laughs> the unnamed woman <laughs> yeah that like i don't know if any other story is that intentional about not naming a key character in the story like i'm trying to wrap my think about it but this is the only one that i'm that you can tell it's intentional like it's never mentioned name (laughs) and she's mentioned a lot but never by name yeah. Uh, anyway, I assume that's twenty. We've gone. Past I, was gonna, I was just going to say, if anybody has any last minute thoughts as we as we wrap up, the we've hit time. So, yeah, 
You guys go first. Let me think. No, Kyle. Anything you want to throw in at the end? Oh, I don't know. Samson's great, but I love you guys. I think honestly, when we're talking about like, uh, I don't want to completely derail stuff, but it is uh, a real blessing as somebody. I mean, I've, I've been in the ministry now for over ten years. And to be able to look back on good friends from my past and see, you know, the things that the Lord has done in both of your lives. And it helps me to recognize a lot of those things that the Lord has done in my eyes and, you know, maybe or in my life. And uh, sometimes those times where you did feel alone and, and, and whatever, but uh, to come to a culmination 15 years later after we meet, to be sitting on a podcast just discussing the Bible and Samson and the woman, whatever her name is. I mean, it's, it's just a blessing to me to be in this kind of place. So I don't know. I love you guys. <laughs> That's, <laughs> that'd be an unreal t-shirt. Samson's great, but I love you guys like that. <laughs> I just think that'd be the best t-shirt ever. <laughs> Okay, you, you and Popoff can sell those. Yeah, yeah, Samson's great, but I love you guys. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, coming back and, and talking and um, even having this this uh, podcast as an opportunity to catch up with um, individuals is is fantastic. And to show that, you know, we're, we're not Samson. We're luckier than Samson because we, like Tim was talking about, we're not doing this alone. And... And um, we are together. And I wonder what Samson, if it wasn't just the beginning of the uh, liberation of of Israel, but it would have been a, a complete if he would have had more people to join him, to join his cause, and say, you know, we're gonna we're gonna set people free. We are we are in the business of redemption, and. We live in a world where we can do that from different provinces, different countries that we can come together and, and share. And if COVID has taught us anything, I think it's the importance of, of communication and staying in touch with people and realizing that you're, you're not alone. You're, you're part, of, part of the group and what you're going through, I'm going through. And my, my celebrations are yours and your celebrations are mine and we're together we're the body of christ um and the body isn't separated and and what so what kyle said can fit on the front of the shirt and what derek said most definitely cannot fit on the back of the shirt <laughs> so, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> see, see the corresponding card for further details yeah. on, on the back i'll just be like just kidding believe in jesus and so every shirt comes with a free book. Yeah. <laughs> a free book. So we'll get everything in there. Don't worry. That's right. Pop That's up right. book. Well, let's uh, let's let's close. And I, I think just that sense, you know, let let us commit to be a people who who travel together, who hold each other accountable, who seek the good things of God in every place of the world and be people of redemption, especially in the darkest of places within our own lives, so that we can also proclaim that grace in others as well. So, Amen. Go well, my brothers. Amen.
Carry on. Thank you for joining us, Kyle. It's been really good. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You can come back anytime you want. You'll regret saying that. <laughs> I can always close you out of the Zoom. Yeah. That's true. I don't know why I'm on constant mute mode anymore, but uh... <laughs> all right. Blessings. I'm gonna I'm gonna end this. We can keep talking after, but blessings. Peace. You See all. you.